Welcome to episode two, guys. Thanks for listening and going on this crazy podcasting journey with me. Um, please, 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 if you haven't already, rate this show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and share it on your social media, share it with your friends, your family, and ask them to share it as well. It's really important to me that this podcast reaches more people and continues to grow. So all my hard work won't be in vain. (laughs) All right, that's it for the formalities you're listening to Unbalanced, the podcast. I am your host, Chrissy. And since starting this podcast, I've come to learn something really interesting about myself. I've learned that I am a multi-potentialite. The term multi-potentialite was made popular by Emilie Watkins during a TED talk in 2015 and it is defined as someone with many interests and creative pursuits. To me, being a multi-potentialite means wearing different hats and exploring my options while pursuing all the things I'm interested in. To me, it means being a multi-dimensional human being. But sometimes I feel like multi-potentialites get a bad rap. I feel like we get chastised for not being singular and not sticking to one thing and staying within a box, especially when it comes to choosing a career. Some of you may not even know that you're a multi-potentialite. You may feel overwhelmed by your constant need to change and shift and your ever-changing interests. All you multi-talented, multi-faceted, resourceful and skilled people who are struggling with choosing just one of your many talents and interests, I am here to tell you that you don't have to. You don't have to choose. You are not unsettled, you are not a flake, you are not indecisive, you are a creative and multi-dynamic human being with many, many layers. And you can be everything. Over the last three years or so, I've been struggling so much with deciding what I want to do career-wise. And finally, I realized I didn't have to be just one thing for the rest of my life. But this was before I discovered the term multi-potentialite, but now it makes so much more sense. Mind you, there are many challenges to being a multi-talented superstar. (laughs) Like criticism from family members who just don't get it. It's especially challenging for me because my husband is completely, he's the complete opposite. He's a chef, he's always been a chef, and he'll always be a chef. His career path has always been defined and that's fine because that works for him but i also think our differences in this area makes us a perfect match also for me i've been having a hard time with self-esteem and self-worth issues because i fear the question what do you do i hate that question because well i do a lot (laughs) and that can be interpreted as unfocused and i fear not being taken seriously take this podcast for example 
I have so much anxiety about this podcast because I'm afraid that some may think, well, she's not a podcaster. Why does she have a podcast? Well, how does one become a podcaster? Start a podcast. (laughs) But it's also important to know that as a multi-potentialite, I am so dedicated to the projects and interests that I choose to pursue almost because I feel like I have something to prove and not necessarily to others but mostly to myself. In today's episode, I'm joined by fellow multi-potentialite Zoe Mercedes to discuss, well, (laughs) multi-potentiality. That's a big word, multi-potentiality. All right, let's get into the episode. In this episode, Zoe and I talk about what it's like to have passions and interests in completely different fields. We discuss what it's like to live as a multi-potentialite and dealing with naysayers and people that just don't get it. We also discuss what it's like to be a quitter. (laughs) Yeah, so stay tuned for that. How are you? Thank you so much for doing this. You are welcome. I'm really excited. Um, It's something on my agenda to do more things like this. And then even that somebody considers me because sometimes I feel like I'm just out there talking to the ether. Yeah. (laughs) That is like, you know, hearing me. So it's like, oh, people appreciate it. I like to go in depth more. So it's like, wow, you know, it's really affirming. So I'm really grateful. Yes. And I'm happy too. like, I wanted to do this because I always find myself having these conversations with myself and I'm like, people need to hear this. And just for the, the sake of sharing so people could kind of relate, because um, I know for me, especially like with your Wednesday word, I read those articles and I read those stories and I'm like, yeah, yeah, like I get it. Like, it's good that it's not just me, you know, which is, which is what led me to Wednesday word, right? Because I'll talk to my friends or I'll talk to somebody I know in passing. And then you realize we're really all living like a very similar experience. But a lot of us are not sharing it. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Brene Brown. Mm, Don't think so. She has this book and she talks about how like sharing is so important. And like not sharing with everyone, anybody, but people who are worthy. Because that's that's the meaning of That's how you build connection. But it also helps to deal with this thing that shame shame is getting to a lot of us, right? And we are all living this human experience. And I feel like it's so much easier when you realize, wait, I'm not alone in this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's exactly why I wanted to do this. I want to start off by you telling us a bit about yourself. Tell me who you are. Tell me who is Zoe Mercedes. By the way, that name is so expensive. Zoe Mercedes. <laughs> Thanks to my mom and that one. She knew what she was doing. Yeah. Um, she, she knew what she was doing. Um, Who is Zoe Mercedes? So I've been kind of shaping like a definition of myself. And the truth is Zoe Mercedes is a dynamic passionate woman yes she's a doer of all the things i believe that life is big but it is also very short and so i am going to use up all this big space 
but also understanding that it's short and do all of the things. I am a lawyer by profession. That is what I studied. I'm an entrepreneur of a successful business going on four years. Yes. I'm a writer. I pen a Wednesday word newsletter. I'm a speaker. I'm a feminist activist. I'm a friend. I'm, I'm a lo- Oh, I'm a foodie. I'm definitely a foodie. Same. And I'm a lover of life. Yes. Well, I'm so happy that you mentioned that you're so many things because I'm recently realizing that there's a lot of space to take up and you don't have to be just one thing. Like we can be so many different things in this short. Well, people say life's short, but we have so many years to do so many different things. And and that's exactly the space where I'm in right now, especially growing up in, in, in the Caribbean, like your parents push you to do one thing. You either be a doctor, mm-hmm. or you'll be a lawyer, you'll be a teacher, you'll be this, you'll be that. When you can do so many different things all at once, you know? Mm-hmm. Jack of all trades is a master of none, but... A jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Exactly. I, I've never read the ending of that quote. I've never seen it anywhere. And when I saw it on mm-hmm. your page the other day, I was like, yes. I remember when I first saw that, I was like, oh no, but this is so affirming, right? When I read it, it was like my mind was blown. I was like, this makes more sense to me. It does. This is the quote quote that I want to hear. And this is the one that, for me, it's important to like drill into people that I meet. That it's okay to do and be a lot of things. We are multidimensional people. Why shouldn't our lives be multidimensional? Yeah. Because the first part of that quote, it kind of holds you back. Yeah. It holds you back it so says, much. You need, to, you need to be singular. You need to be like tunnel vision. Yeah. And I believe that tunnel vision has, it has its roles. So like if you're working towards something, yeah, for sure. you need to be, but it does, but that quote pigeonholes you. And that thing I, I try to never, I hope never happens to me is that I become pigeonholed into one thing because that even the idea of it i have had people say to me you know what are you doing with your business why are you not focusing on i had somebody say to me that my parents should be ashamed of me because i was focusing on my business and i was not practicing law and they said you took all that money and you won't do the one thing that you studied and i was like but i am not that's not all that there is to me you know you're young Uh, like now is the time to explore. Now is the time to try different things. Yeah, and live. Yes, exactly, live. I was initially interested in your journey as a lawyer slash e-commerce business owner. And I remember we had this conversation once where you shared that a lot of people thought you were insane or foolish for putting so much of your time and focus on your business as opposed to your law career. Tell me a little bit more about that. Funny enough, in my so law, let's let's start with how I got into law. I have the gift of gab, right? So again, Caribbean parents and people generally, you can talk, you like to argue, you can con- you you're very you are very good at persuading people. You must be destined to be a lawyer. That that has to be the calling, and you know it's a prestigious thing, so people want that. Yeah. And in school, I was always in debate. I'm always in the reading. I'm always into the English language. Yeah. So it seemed like the natural trajectory. And I remember when I was ten years old, I got up on stage at my primary school graduation and said, "I'm going to be a lawyer one day but here's the thing that was what I also when you don't have a lot of examples of other things yes so for me somebody who is bold and commands the presence and stuff is a lawyer that is what I saw growing up and that is what 
also was like the pinnacle of success when you you see how people would you know they treat lawyers with such respect i was like i want that Mm -hmm. so i did it and it funny law was one of it was basically like the easy option because it was clear it made sense right logically okay well i'm good at this so let me just do this and in my first year i actually wanted to drop out Mm. why my grades weren't the best in my first year and i went home and i said mommy uh, i was on vacation i said this isn't for me you know besides the fact that my grades weren't the best i just wasn't enjoying it and I've always wanted to be a motivational speaker. I remember I had that summer, I was watching Les Brown, like a, a, people <laughs> were shows and I was watching Les Brown. And I remember I don't want to go back, mommy, I want to do marketing. And I also used to do um, brand promotion with AS Brydens and Sons. So with some local brands like Quicks and stuff. And I always would enjoy like dealing with people and getting them to buy the product yeah. and just that that whole getting into your mind so if you tell me that you're a chef and i'm trying to get you to buy blue band i'm gonna tell you that blue band butter is better because it gives you a little bit of extra <laughs> flavor I, yeah. loved, I loved getting into people's head and then getting them to make the purchase right that was something i genuinely enjoyed and putting myself in people's shoes and i said to her i want to switch or i want to drop out mm-hmm. and she said to me no she said you're going to finish she said i don't care what you do when you finish this, but you're going to finish this and you're going to go ahead. And if you want to be a garbage woman with a law degree, you're going to be a garbage be woman. <laughs> you're going to be have to finish. And it was a very tough lesson for me to tell you the truth because I didn't. I was like, mom, I didn't want to do this. But it taught me discipline and it mm-hmm. also forced me to get my act together, right? Because I did not like the idea of not doing well. Right. Some things came a little a lot easier for me back in like high school and stuff. So when I went to university and I had to apply myself, it forced me to learn like about my um, peak hours of working. Mm-hmm. I I'm a morning person. I need to get up early and get my work done. And it just taught me like staying power, right? It right. taught me like what you can do if you persevere. And so I used to I I saw a lot of like these online accessory boutiques. So they were online boutiques generally, but they were like just jewelry stores. They were selling like fashion jewelry and stuff. And I was following all of them. I was Mm -hmm. purchasing from all of them. And I even would find myself on like the websites overseas looking at like the wholesale prices. Right. And I wanted to do it. I remember when I was in my first year i did a little and i i sometimes forget this but i had asked my stepdad for what's it like 50 20 some real 50 us yeah the i never really got them sold but i thought i could it didn't it didn't blow up right. but that was the first thing and then i came back to antigua took a gap year in so i graduated in 2017 and they decided i'm not ready to go to law school because remember i don't want to be a lawyer right i came back and Again, I'm looking in the market because I'm always, I'm on, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I've always had ideas come to me and things that I wanted to do. And I realized, okay, the clothing stores online, there's one or two. And I mean, online being Instagram alone. Right. They're on, they're on Instagram, but there are no accessory centered stores. And I said, but wait. <laughs> you know let me just put my foot in there and i 
I told my best friend and I said, you know, you want to go half with me? You put 50 US, I put 50 US and we make something because, uh, you know, one, one for a basket. And she said, yes. And so we started with 100 US. Then, then I decided, okay, well, you know, I took my gap year. Let me go finish up this law thing. And I went to Jamaica. We tried to do the business here and in Jamaica. When I first got to Jamaica, it took some adjusting. And at one point, I kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a hard talk with me. Yeah. She said, oh, this, first of all, this wasn't your, my venture. This was yours. I came in on it because I wanted you know, it to be a profitable thing. But I'm bearing most of the load and I'm not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was, and I've always appreciated that I know friendship because it was a hard conversation. Like, I'm going to back away from it. But here's what I'm telling you. Don't you quit this business. Right. I'm saying to you, get yourself together. And because you have a viable thing, Zoe. And I'll support you the way that I can. So for a while, she was actually like the one facilitating pickups and stuff for me. And when she tried oh, wow, that hard a good talk, friend. <laughs> yeah. And when we had that hard talk, it actually like woke me up. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, you know, I can't, I can't, and there's no one to rest on. I can't rest my laurels down on anybody. And I started to hit the floor running, right? And I started building up the momentum and I'm ordering and I'm in the next country and I'm still ordering and I'm trying and I'm doing Jamaica and I'm advertising. And then in 2020, pandemic happens. And I'm at that time, I'm selling fashion jewelry. So it's like stuff when you're going to parties. And nobody ain't going to no parties at this time. <laughs> so I'm, and I remember actually the pandemic happened in March. I had just done a big, when I say big, like it was my biggest, for me, it was my biggest order at that time. Wow. And pandemic happens. Me, depressed. <laughs> me, confused. I'm also in my final year of universe of law school. I'm on a team for law school for a mooting competition. And now the pandemic has happened. I'm stuck in Jamaica because the airplane, the airlines have closed. And I'm trying to get up because we have exams. So really and truly, me, sis, nothing is making sense. But I'm still persevering. I'm still pushing, right? And I had to make a pivot. And yes. the pivot was to stainless steel. Um, gold plated jewelry because I realized people aren't going out per se but I doesn't mean they still don't want jewelry yeah so is this when you rebranded as well I rebranded so I that's when the, the idea for a rebrand happened in 2020 around that time but it happened but we launched a rebrand in December which on my birthday my um 24th birthday to shop so it was it was actually profile 268 right and it, then we rebranded to shop Zoe Mercedes that year because it was a new business. It was a new model. And then also in the year, I realized that I wanted to grow at a particular level. And that meant I needed a website. Right. Your marketing is like top notch. Your marketing, your email marketing, your social media marketing, your your the photos and i know you're they're not stock images like you're doing this yourself i appreciate good marketing and i see it in you see the passion and the love that you have for your business and your work through your marketing it's just beautiful thank you i don't want to take all the credit right because that is a va- another valuable thing was i had to get help right 
hard to get help because I had a lot of I had I'm as I said big ideas girl I'm like a rock I have lots yeah. of ideas but I also believe in a zone of genius and I have a now I have well it's a team of two hopefully by the end of the year it will be maybe a team of three or four because help is important yeah but right now I have a social media manager who is actually my best friend oh nice she found a passion for social media managing and content creation he liked the content creation side of her makeup business yeah said you know so can i try this with yours can i do the content creation and we did a pilot and it is now a full-blown working relationship nice she's helped me to execute a lot of things in my visions another thing and i have to big them up as well so i'm going to bring up my best friend just because she's a boss or what she does uh vanilla francis to the elegant rose branding that's the name of her business she is excellent but additionally we have worked with two photographers two local photographers who are black women um annette jackson and axel de freitas they have consistently produced beautiful images featuring beautiful models i don't want to list out all our models but i'm so grateful for them right because it's it's also another thing for people to say yeah i want to i want to work with you and yeah me, and to say yeah i buy into what your brand is doing to show up and to represent the brand well and i feel so blessed to work with people like this especially black women yes and how how did you deal with that kind of criticism of people oh you're foolish for not doing law and for doing this you know this business i can't i won't lie it, it was hard and it's still sometimes it's hard like depending on who says it right who makes a little nasty comment but the internal knowing is something i trust my internal voice my intuition quite a, a lot mm-hmm. and I have never quite felt anything like what I feel when I'm working on my business. Yeah. It's a sense of peace. Like even when it's hard, it's so beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Figuring out the process. I Listen to me. I love this process. Everything, the research. It's hard because there are things that I want to send me, but it is also beautiful to me. Um, So it's the internal knowing. And this is something that I had actually picked up from Jackie Ina years ago. Hmm. She said, check the sender of the message. And boy, all of these, the senders, the senders, they have, they never, they can't hold a candle to me. So it was like, and I said that in the most humblest way possible. Yeah, of course. I feel like I'm at a stage in life where I'm learning to not care so much about what others think or may think of me i remember you know when i was younger i feel like i really didn't care like i didn't give a damn but now for some reason i find myself being consumed by other people's impression and i think mainly because i'm 26 years old i'm married i'm a mom and you know the people that we we don't socialize a lot but the people that we normally socialize with are like older women with Older women or older couples, like in their 40s and so, so on, who've, you know, already accomplished so much in their life. And if I'm being honest, you know, that kind of makes me feel insecure. And I have to re- I have to stop myself and be like, you know, that's your own projections on yourself. Like nobody thinking about you like that. And if there are, come on, you are 26 years old, a homeowner, you have a fabulous man a 
beautiful, gorgeous boy, happy, healthy, living in this, I mean, living in paradise. Antigua have his ways, but paradise. <laughs> like, chill, just chill out. Like, give yourself a break. You're good. I just have to remind myself of everything that's right in my life and just block out my own noise because sometimes it the noise comes from me like it yep. comes from me judging myself saying oh you should be doing this you should have done that differently me thinking other people are thinking of me nobody cares <laughs> like it's just my own insecurities that's a powerful thing to say like nobody cares and it's not like you're being harsh on yourself but it's the truth like nine times out of ten they think about you baby exactly. and if you not like nine times are you thinking about people nine times out of ten no so oh. wait then when when i sometimes i have to tell myself god you full of audacity to think that people lying on and they're thinking, thinking about, about you <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that <laughs> but you know what else something i work i try to work on because i compare myself and i i i'm sometimes very harsh with myself Comparison is a thief. That is a thief of joy. And I have to remind myself of that. About two weeks ago, when I shared this in Wednesday Word, I was beating myself up, right? Because, you know, I'm I'm doing Wednesday Word and I'm looking at, like, some amazing women that I love. Mm. So I'm looking at people like Miley and, like, um, Terry Carell Reed. She's a Jamaican. And some other people that I, I love, you know, the way they, they show up on the internet, the things that they share, how real and authentic they are. And then I said to myself, what? My league is a 40-something-year-old woman. Exactly. Um, Zoe, what are you talking about? Exactly. We compare our stage three to somebody else's stage 30. And that just, it's like you said, it's the killer of joy. Like it, it, diminishes and uh it diminishes everything that you've accomplished so far it undermines everything you've accomplished so far and it it takes away the joy in the process yeah when you're busy looking when we're busy looking at like what is chrissy doing and what is zoe Mm. doing and stuff you're not present you can't be present if you're looking at what other people are doing yeah and so i try to stay present um, and for like anybody who's listening, try to stay present because if, if, if anything, compare yourself to the you of yesterday or the you of five years ago. Because yes. when I do that, when I look back at where I am, when I look at where I am now, I remember that like the idea of being on a podcast today was something I, I was lying down in my bed thinking about last year. Yeah. I go, wow, no, but girl, big up yourself. <laughs> I'm so happy you said that because that is such an important thing to remember. Like, compare yourself to yourself. Look back on old pictures. If even if it's a if it's a you know a body goal, look back and see you know where you were three years ago, two months ago, whatever. Look back on you know where you lived, the job you had, and 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 see where you are now, and then make the judgment from that and not yeah. from what you see especially on the internet the internet is not real life it is it's a not. fraction of you know some real life i don't like i i try to share authentically right but every time i have a bad day i don't come on social media exactly nobody like the other day somebody said to me a friend of mine she said i don't look at your on your mommy page anymore because it makes me feel bad and i'm like what why i you know because i'm trying to be authentic and share all the things that are happening and she's like well 
it just seems like you have everything together and everything's perfect compared to, you know, me, like, you know, your husband's building your son things and, you know, I don't have that, this, that, that. And I'm like, I get that. But at the same time, nobody wants to see me picking up shit off of my carpet because my son just shut all over the place. <laughs> nobody cares about that. I'm not rushing to pick my phone up <laughs> to record myself cleaning up all this, you know, all this crap. Exactly. You know, I'm not, I'm having a bad day. And the first thing I want to do is log out. When I have bad days, I take social media breaks. I'm not rushing to tell the world that the thing I was working on did not work out. Exactly. So be careful of like what you're seeing, you know, and a lot of us are not, sh- I, I try to share like, I share openly, but I, but I will say I don't share in real time either. Yeah. After the process, after you've gone through it, because that way you, you're more helpful as well, you know? Yeah. So again, you just, what people are sharing is, it's not the full sum of the picture. It's an iceberg. It's a mm-hmm. tip of an iceberg. Mm-hmm. And that is something that's helpful for me to remember. Yeah. I think it's something that everybody should remember too. You have started a weekly email newsletter called Wednesday Word. We mentioned it earlier. And let me tell you, I thoroughly enjoy reading Wednesday Word every week. And sometimes I go back for little reminders because they're so relatable. Tell me more about Wednesday Word and why you decided to start doing this. Okay, so if you recall, um, I said I wanted to be like a motivational speaker since yeah. I was 18. I was 18 when I had that, that thing popped up into my life, right? And all the while, I've like always wanted to share more, but I didn't know. Or I did know, but I didn't have the the gumption to start mm. because, like, how I don't reach nowhere in life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right? Who am I? I? Who am I to? Yeah. And, you know, somebody said like you had somebody had told me you haven't experienced anything. How do you want to share? Right? Mm. But that's so not true. Now I look at it, and like the pandemic is mm-hmm. what gave me the push. I was stuck in my room in Jamaica, and I was going through it and all and i miss talking to people because there was nobody on my floor or yeah. everybody who was uh, everybody left because my floor was primarily nationals of jamaica and they had all went home and i was stuck in my room and i was alone and i wanted to talk um and i decided to talk to my ig family about what was on my heart um and i just said you know what I'm going to talk to y'all. I always wanted to do this. I actually used to take out my phone and pretend I was vlogging. I've been wanting to start YouTube. Whenever I used to do my makeup, I used to be like, so guys, I'm doing a snow Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, just fear, right? So I was, I was like, what's the worst? I remember everybody in the pandemic was doing everything they wanted to do online. So I think it was a safer space because, oh, you know, I was just joining the pandemic. I felt like, Okay, more people, everybody understood. They wouldn't be like, what is she doing? Because everybody was in it. So I started then and it was video. But then it, it easily became something I couldn't maintain because life was happening. Right. I had to move. Um, and it, it took a lot to edit, to film. Yeah, recording video is hard. It's hard. It's big up all the content creators. Yeah, for real. More <laughs> power to you. Um, and so... But I, but I still wanted to do it, right? And people had, like, enjoyed it. Like, they're talking. So then I went to IG Live every Wednesday at 7. Phil realized that was not sustainable. I was, I was 
pigeonholing myself into being in front of a screen at seven. And some days at seven, no matter if I had a word or not, I couldn't manage. Sometimes I was tired. I was exhausted and I was just not with it. But again, people, you know, I had my people who would come on who would enjoy it. And I still wanted to do it. Um, and then I realized I like newsletters. I like other mm-hmm. people's newsletters. So why not try to build community there? So that is how we got to Wednesday Word, the newsletter. It, it literally came to me, fell in my lap. The first, the first video I did it on a Wednesday when I was in Jamaica. Yeah, and I said, why gonna call this? No, and I some people <laughs> liked it, and my friend said do a next one, and I did it. And then my friend was like, I like this little Wednesday word thing you're doing, and I said, hey, we have a name. There it is. <laughs> have a name, and it it has brought me so much joy, um, because it's community, and I yeah. Really- I love that you switched to the email format because lives are hard to catch for me because I'm, you know, I'm always busy. I'm always on the go. Um, Even if it comes on in the evening, you know, that's the time I'm getting my son ready for bed. And I just can't sit down and watch something live. Like I don't have the time. Whereas the email, you know, I can catch it whenever I can. I don't. I normally don't read it on a Wednesday. I, I catch up like at the end of the week and then I can always go back and, and read through it quickly and I don't have to scroll through to find a particular part that I kind of um, related with. So this format, I must say, is like perfect for me. And I'm sure a lot of other people who don't have the time to sit and kind of watch a video. So I love it. Wednesday Word does for me what I hope to do with this podcast, which is sharing experiences in hopes to inspire other people. Nobody has a handbook on life. And so I think we should always just share and let people know, hey, you're not the only one going through it. Hey, this is this is how I've come out on top. This is how I've managed to battle this or that, you know. And maybe, you know, maybe it can work for you. Maybe it doesn't, but at least, you know, you're not alone. Yeah, yeah. One of the topics in particular from Wednesday were that I want to discuss and dissect in this episode, if you have more time, is the one titled Dare to Be a Quitter. Let me tell you, that came at such a perfect time for me. And I'm just going to read a little excerpt to help us dissect and understand why you're telling us to quit it was important that one was an important one when i realized that lesson i was like whoa okay choosing to quit something because it is not in alignment with you is the choice of someone deeply committed to themselves you deserve a full life surrounded by people experiences and things that bring you joy dare to make space for those things um, that was just the ending. But what do you mean? What are you telling me when you're telling me it's okay to quit? Quitting is vital, hmm. right? And it, it sounds crazy. And to somebody who's listening, like, what? Winners don't quit on themselves, right? Right. Like, I don't believe you're supposed to quit on yourself. Like, quit your your purpose and quit to show up for mm. yourself. I don't believe you're quitting in that way. But I do believe that we're, sometimes we're supposed to walk away from things. We're supposed to quit things that don't serve us, right? If it's a job, if it's a relationship, a friendship, a bad habit, um, even a business, anything, right? And there is nothing wrong 
with quitting if it is to take you closer to what you are support to to where you're going right and i it's it, it was that's not that wasn't an easy lesson for me right and i learned that by quitting a job i had taken a job last year that i thought was going to get me so close my financial goals because when I went in the room and we had that meeting, the, the numbers that they were quoting, I was like, Yes, sis about to get a house. I was like, Yeah, I'm about to get a house, I'm gonna get a car, things are gonna look up for me. That was that was my genuine belief. And when I got in, it was the worst. I I I was physically feeling sick, mm. right? And had I not been a quitter, I would have still been there. And I guarantee I would have been in a worse state than like my therapist. I was having a breakdown. Like, right. oh, wow. I, and it wasn't, it wasn't them taking control over me, you know, but it was more like, this is a circumstance I find myself in. But in being a quitter, right, I spoke up for myself yeah. and I landed myself this opportunity, the job that I'm at now. Um, and, but I had to be willing to quit something right. that was important to me that it wasn't serving me. And then I started looking at a lot of ways in my life in which I've quit. I've quit relationships. I've quit yeah. friendships. Um, I've quit bad habits. Some bad habits I don't quit. But anything that we're trying to change, anywhere that we're going, anything that we want, it requires us to quit some things. Yeah. Right? And so you have to be a quitter. You have to be willing to quit on the things that are not in alignment with you. You have to be willing to, you have to say, okay, well, you know, actually, I don't want to do this anymore. And that's okay. Because I like, again, with me, you know, and I take my journey. I'm going to speak generally. A lot of us are so, oh, I have to stay. I have to push through. And you know, miserable, miserable marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, friendship you hit your job you cannot move past that if you're gonna stay there yeah oh gosh yes people are gonna listen to this and they're gonna be going amen yes preach (laughs) and to quit is to say you know i'm making room yes i'm quitting this like i remember when i was quitting this job when i quit the job i'll give you context my car was breaking down um i had to move again my living situation to change and i'm like quitting like and even let me give you perspective i wasn't gonna quit because first i made a decision i was gonna quit then my living situation was changing abruptly and i was like but maybe i can stay so i can be able to afford yeah somewhere else somewhere else and i said nah i'm gonna still quit um but at first i was like i'm gonna do i'm gonna gonna push through it but i couldn't I couldn't do that. And so we have, but quitting requires to be a quitter, you have to be faithful, right? And I'm, yes. you know, and I don't mean, some of us are religious, some of us are not. But whatever, you have to have some level of faith that I'm a quit and it's going to work out. It's still going to be all right. It's going to work out. That friendship, that relationship, that job, that whatever, better can come, yeah. right? And so I quit. I did it, right? But I was scared because how you go, how am I going to quit? Where am I get the money? Mm. Where am I get the money? This this was gonna get me closer. I even thought, let me stay, and I stay for a year. I had a conversation. If I stay in this thing for a year, and then I get out of this contract, but 
no, quitting allowed me to make space, right? Quitting showed me that I can stand up for myself. So when I went to this opportunity, I would never have been able to welcome this opportunity if I didn't quit. Yeah. And so another thing which is related to quitting, right, is rejection. Um, and not being, and I'm saying rejection from you receiving rejection, but from rejecting things that aren't for you. Mm, um, yes, I love this message. Quitting and quitting and rejection go hand in hand. You have to be like, ah, now nah, that's not for me, so I'm gonna quit it. I'm gonna yeah, reject. No matter how attractive it looks, like you said just now, like you were moving, your car wasn't working very well, and I feel like it's the same. Like I got, I went through that very recently, where you know. I was being offered different opportunities and I'm like, this isn't in alignment with the path that I'm, I'm, I'm on with the goals and the purpose that I have. And yeah, the money looks good, but I'm not like mentally, I'm not going to be happy doing this just for the money. Like it needs to align with my values. It needs to align with what I'm trying to accomplish and what I'm trying to do. Um, so I think that's such a good message, not only quitting, but saying, hey, thanks, but no thank you. You know, that that's not for me. I want everybody to be a quitter. My husband always makes fun of me because, well, for not finishing things. But, you know, because sometimes I, I start something, but, and I quit because, you know, it doesn't serve me anymore. Um, and recently, one of the things I've had to quit is giving more than I receive and I don't mean that in like a materialistic way. I just mean that I am big on giving um, my time, my advice, my love, you know, and sometimes that's not reciprocated, especially in long term friendships where friends can get comfortable and lazy. And I've had to really check myself and evaluate how much I should and should not be giving to a person like no, how, no matter how much I love them, no matter how long we've been friends like keep the same energy, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's not me being selfish. Well, actually it is, it's me putting myself first and deciding not to get hurt when my acts of kindness and my gratitude and my love aren't being returned. And, you know, there's some wonderful people in my life that will go above and beyond for me and my family. And it, 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 I had to turn it around. It's also on me. Um, choosing to also do the same for those people yeah you know so not only cutting people off that don't give me the same energy back but also me giving the same energy to those people that are actually present how i'd frame that right in like the quitting terms is you quit accepting the bare minimum and you quit the people who are showing up for you yes summarized perfectly like and that's it and you know it's perspective Another thing for me, and it was important for me to quit, not just like what you did. I had to learn in 2021 to quit maintaining certain relationships that weren't edifying to my soul. Mm-hmm. My mom used to always say, like, if somebody's not adding value to your life, just cut them off. Like, there's no need for you to have that person taking up space in your life. That is that is 100% true. Tell your mom Zoe agrees with you. She don't know me, but <laughs> tell her I agree I think she that. got that from Steve Harvey, so it's not, it's not original. <laughs> it's not original. <laughs> well, we got Steve on that one. <laughs> uh, on one of your recent Instagram posts, you posted a photo with the caption, 
uh, well, this podcast, first of all, is called Unbalanced. So I kind of have to ask you this. Okay. You posted the caption, I'm determined to create balance in my life, to work hard and smart while making room for love, laughter, and play. I've got a few questions, but first of all, this podcast is called Unbalance, and you do so much. You are an attorney at law. Congratulations, by the way, that you just uh, you just called to the bar. Um, you run a successful e-commerce business. You're a writer, a speaker, and you find time to coordinate food drives. I'd like to hear what are some of the ways or strategies um, that you use to acquire balance in your life. Okay, so I'm big on a to-do list. So I use this um, app called ZenKit To Do. So what I do is I list out that app has about in that because you can create different lists and everything that is a priority to me. And I mean everything and prior to everything I'm talking about. Friends and family have a list. Self-care have a list. My work have a list. This this personal brand have a list. Everything has a list, right? And I have to I have to I have to work with it. Um, so I I want to see the things that I'm working on. It's clear, it's important for me to. Okay, you're trying to create balance. What is important to you? I do a lot, right? And I have to be honest with myself and the people around me. I'm tired. I've stopped trying to oversell myself. I've stopped trying to I've stopped trying to do everything. I'm not superwoman and I don't need to be. I don't. I can only do so much. I want to do all the things, but I can only do all of I can only do so much of the things in one day. And also being clear on like what is a non-negotiable. So I have glass bars and I have plastic bars in my life that I'm juggling. And what those are from time to time change. So today, this podcast is a glass bar. If I let it drop and I don't handle it well, it all it all comes tumbling down and I'm, I mess up. But um, plastic bars are important too, you know, but they can drop and I can pick them back up. So a plastic bar today might be, okay, I didn't read for say I want to read for 10, 15 minutes a day, maybe I won't read in my reading app for that long. That's a plastic ball. I can pick up on it. I can double up tomorrow. I can just read whatever time. That's a plastic ball. A glass ball, maybe I have a client thing I'm dealing with that I have to deal with today. You know, these different things and understanding that at any time, the glass ball and the plastic ball can change, but I have to know which one is which at any given day. And I think, also, in creating balance and giving myself grace because it's a process. I don't, I'm not going to have it right all the time. I'm not going to. Something might slip through the calendar. Um, something might slip through the crack. Uh, and last week, after I wrote about creating balance, I ended up becoming the same day, the Wednesday where I went out. I got flustered at the end of the day because I had a meeting after work and I had not prepared fully for it. So I stopped and I gave myself an opportunity to breathe. And I had had a, I, I took with me to work an old journal. And so I just flipped open the journal. And like I had wrote about something that was happening in my life sometime in October of 2020. Yeah, it was October. And that gave me perspective because the thing that I had wrote about had already existed, right? Had, ex had exist now. It didn't exist then. But I was so determined to have it. And it's, you know, when I read it, I remembered everything is going to work the way it should. I can't rush it no matter how much I want to do. So I was like, okay, you have this meeting. Show up with what you have.
I found that after becoming a parent, I've become so uptight because now I'm juggling all these different things and I'm trying to be perfect at all these different things. I'm trying to have my house be spotless. I'm trying to show up for my husband in all the ways that, you know, I think I should be showing up for him. I just get really crazy when I don't have all these things in line. So I think it's really important to show yourself grace and be like, you know what? It's okay. Next thing I want to touch on. You said make room for um, love in that post, all in that caption. What are I we talking about? We talking about loving our friends, talking about loving our family, like dating. Like, oh, what, is, what does that what, look what like anyway? Because I don't know. I've been off the market for a while. Room for love. Make room for self-love, make room for love with your family, your friends, your love, your romantic love. Um, but 2021 taught me to fall before I was. For anybody who wants romantic love, 2021 taught me this valuable lesson that I can't be running down romantic love and I'm passing the love I have like with my friendships or with my family uh, because, but it, particularly my friends because my friendships are such beautiful, deep places for love, right? Like these people love me through all iterations of me. I've had friends, I'm 25. I have friends who have been my friend for more than half my life. And they have loved me for, mm. through all the different eons. And, you know, we may have ups and downs, but this is a real space of like authentic love. And so when I realized that in 2021, like, how about let me look for show let me love them harder let me show i actually allowed me to make room for the romantic love that i have but it also caused me to i'm going to go back to this to reject love that didn't feed if, if you don't love me as good as friends love me right and obviously romantic love and friendship love looks great, but there's certain things my friends would never do to me they just would never because they know how important that is to me my friends are going to show up for me in this kind of way. If you as my romantic partner can't show up for me like that, I can't love me. I would, you know mm. that this is a non-negotiable. Because my, like my birthday, my birthday is a big deal in my head. And if you think it's a big deal, yeah. Yeah, my friends know it's like, I think my birthday is a holiday. And if you love me, right, I'm going to respect that. The way my friends respect it and stuff like that. So... I am definitely um, making room for love. I'm, and another thing is, I want balance. So if I want to spend time with my loved ones, you know, as much as I want to do all of the things, I'm going to make room to spend time with them. I'm not going to be all, all about the work, 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 work. Yeah. For me, that's number one. That's my number one priority. That's going to be the determining factor, whether I take this job or whether I go out with this person or do this, do that. Like my family is number one always because the pandemic, if it's taught us anything, is that we don't have anything else. That's, I mean, the people and family are, you know, of the utmost importance. Everything else is, um, you know, it really doesn't matter. Secondary. It is. Maybe even tertiary at the end of the day. Um, my friends, my loved ones, my family, my love, those are the people who sustain me. Yeah. You know? All of this, like, think about, like, people who are grieving. I think about grief and, like, people who are grieving loved ones. And I think it's kind of surreal how we expect people, when they lose people, to just go back to normal. Yeah. It's just surreal, you know? Yeah. And I, in this past, so many people have passed. 
Um, so it's been just like, let me love on these people while they're here now, see? Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Like people that I've gone to school with, same age as me, have you know passed away from COVID and it just makes, just puts so many things into perspective. I'm so happy that you took this time to talk to me. And I think we got some real gems in here. But just to end things, I wanted to play a little, well, do a little rapid fire kind of uh, Q&A. So I'm going to ask you a question and you just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Don't even think about it. Just just shoot. All right. So when's the last thing that you ate? Mixed fried rice. (laughs) Mick Cannon. Having eight kids, first thought, eight different baby mamas, first thought. Put him under the jail. <laughs> Put him where? Under the jail. He needs to go. <laughs> he needs to be locked up. If you, if money wasn't a factor, where would you live? Anywhere in the world? I wouldn't live one place. I'd just travel straight. I'd be all over. I would, I would travel every, I'd be in a different place every week. What? Is one thing you would say to your 14-year-old self? The people in high school do not matter. Do you have any tattoos? I have two and I'm hoping to get more. Oh, wow. I wouldn't have thought you had tattoos. <laughs> oh, I have one, like, tiny baby one that everybody makes fun of. You probably can't even see it. Everybody makes fun of it. What is it, a heart? Like a mu- yeah, it's like a little heart. You don't even know what it is because it's just so- <laughs> it's so small. <laughs> I have this. You can't see it, but it's a lotus uh, in red ink. Oh and, yes, I and see on a my, bit. On my back, I have a um, tobano. My mother hates all of them, but what um, is tobano? It's a um. I found it on the internet. I don't even know if it's right. <laughs> um, I I got it when I was like, Indian. Um, but it's supposed to represent strength, confidence, and perseverance. Um, yeah. My mom says you didn't have all those things before you got the tattoo. <laughs> oh my goodness do you correct other people's grammar yes oh I, i'm a snob do you like it when other people correct your grammar no do you have any pets yes i know <laughs> what does that even mean how could you have a pet and not have a pet my friend um has a dog a Maltese, and we oh uh fendi <laughs> And is my shout out to Fendi. Shout out to Fendi. That's my dog. That's my puppy. Whenever her mom is in here, I um uh, I'm well her other mom is in here. I'm fully invested. So that is my baby, Fendi. Uh, a night out or a night in? In. What is your ideal date? Um, picnic, massage, um, white prosecco. <laughs> okay. Prosecco and food. Yeah. If you had to pick just three things that your ideal man or your ideal partner should possess, like three could be anything, what would those three things be? Sense of humor, um, kind, attentive. Okay. All right. That is it for rapid fire questions. Zoe, thank you so much for joining me again. I just, I can't express how grateful I am for you to take for you um, taking the time when you're very busy and hopefully because I have so much more that I want to talk to you about with these Wednesday words and these topics because they just they just they I resonate so much with them so hopefully you can find some time again and have another chat uh whenever you're free but thank you so much for joining me um thank you Chrissy you're welcome this has 
this has been so fulfilling to me. Like, I'm going to go, go on the phone today right now and be like, let me tell you how this was the best moment of my ah, life. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. That makes me feel so good. <laughs> this is very affirming for me. Um, so, like, to know that what I'm doing isn't, isn't just, I'm not in an echo chamber talking to myself. I'm not. You're gaining value. So, like, I'm actually feeling a little emotional. Oh. Uh, thank you. Talking to you was really nice. It was really refreshing. Oh, I look thank forward you. to hearing the other episodes. Um, I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited thank you. So, girl, anytime you want me back, I made the time for you. Yes, thank you. I, uh, I just, I have so much going on in my life, and I didn't have anything. I used to play tennis in the morning, like um, early in the morning, but that's before my son started going to preschool, and that was my thing. That was my thing that I enjoyed. Yeah. So I just thought I need to do something else that I enjoyed, and I started blogging. But that just came became so hectic, and I thought, let me do let me do this podcast because I wanted to do it for so long. So this is kind of another one of my passion projects. I'm so I'm 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 glad that um, that we had this talk, and I'm definitely going to be hitting you up to come back. Definitely, I wanted to say something to you though. Um, I don't know if you're going to include this or not, but this is just like Wednesday, where you know has shifted and it on it went from this to this. Mm-hmm. If your podcast shifts to something else, if the blog shifts to something, it don't matter. Like, because what you will realize if it's all going to be consistent because this is what you want to do, no matter how it looks, no matter what yeah. it's just chest out. Roll with it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. I'm I'm learning that because sometimes I feel guilty going back to the whole quitting thing. I feel guilty for you know starting something, getting really excited and hyped about something, and then I'm like, uh, you know, actually no. But I have to say to myself like you tried it and if you didn't try it you you know that excitement and that burn that burning desire would always be with you so it's good that you just try it get it out of your system and um and yeah and 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 now you know now you know what it's like and you have the experience from doing that that you can transfer to something else you know something else and just just remember it's a consistent thread take time look back and you realize all of it is interlinked everything even the things you quit yeah, I'll contribute to the person that you are now. Yeah, 100%. That was such an amazing chat. I loved talking to Zoe. She's such an easy person to talk to, hence my Vincentian accent throughout the entire episode. <laughs> and she also reminds me a lot of myself talented, bold, and still figuring it out. To connect with Zoe and subscribe to her weekly newsletter, Wednesday Word. You can follow her on Instagram at zoe.mercedes. Also, follow her business page at shopzoemercedes, where you can find and purchase quality, tarnish-free jewelry that won't hurt your budget. This has been a fantastic episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to follow, rate, and share this show. Until next week, stay sane, everybody. Jungle.